What's we're, up, fuckers? We're ranging, brothers. And what are we raging against? The medical machine. The medical machine. <laughs> Fuck you. Trigger warning discussions of the medical field, discussions of body parts, discussions of conditions of the body so don't listen if any of those are gonna trigger you okay love you bye jesus christ <laughs> welcome to our medical rage episode where Haley and i are going to rage against the medical machine <laughs> oh god oh i can't Honestly, I know that you had that silent retreat last week, but we were both so mad. I wish we would have recorded it. <laughs> I know we were mad. And now we're just like silly, goofy, but still mad. I feel like we, we have the rage inside of us. I know I still have the rage inside of me because my hernia is always purple. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah. It's supposed to be normal. <laughs> but... We'll see, guys. We'll see if I go to the hospital. We'll see. As I was saying. As I was saying. <laughs> we're both so, pissed. Um, now, let, real quick before before you get back into that. Did you happen to ask the doctor, like, what, what symptoms are, like, go to the ER right now? Fever. Okay. Pain. But I'm already in pain. Right. But they said constant unbearable pain, vomiting. Okay. Constant unbearable pain. They gave like, me the, five. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. I got five days worth of pain pills eight days ago. Do you use them all? No. Okay. That's probably good. Yeah. I don't Can't think, be. like I said, pain pill constipation plus hernia sounds like a fucking mess. Yeah. I am drinking so much fiber, though. I think I'm going to explode. Damn. Shitting on him. I wish we could drop that that horn clip from the song in and not get I... like copyrighted or something. Oh, we could <laughs> copyright like a son of a bitch. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, I'll let you know. So far, so good. I got a belly band, so oh, you know, we're out here thriving with our umbilical hernia. It's fine. Shout out to me for giving you a fucking panic attack about my health mm -hmm. anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like so helpful, so helpful. No, but like part of why I got so mad whenever you told me, I was like. If I hadn't been fucking insufferable, she probably wouldn't have went. I mean, I probably wouldn't have, to be honest. I'd be like, oh, I'm just an Audi now. That's fine. Because it's, it's in my yeah, belly button. It's not like it's sticking oh, it out is. of my side. No, it's umbilical. Yeah, it's in my belly. Because like, oh, I'm normally yeah. an innie. And I woke up one day with pain. And I was like, I'm an Audi. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And then when I went, they were like, oh, yeah, you have an umbilical hernia. It's just some fatty tissue, though. I don't feel any intestine. 
And I was like, okay, well, like, it hurts. Like, can you help me? But what? we're yeah. going to get into that, guy. Yeah. We're going to get anyway. into our stuff. First, we're going to talk about how shitty the health industry is to fat-bodied individuals. Yep. Yeah. Especially if your parts don't dangle. Especially if your parts don't dangle and wiggle when you walk. Yeah. Which is fucked. Anyways. So, just enrages me. According to publichealth.uic.edu, don't know if this is a reliable source, but sounds like a reliable source. In the past decade, weight discrimination has increased by 66%. And this is one of the only forms of discrimination actively condoned by society. Increased? 66%. 66%. Decades of research have shown that experiencing weight stigma increases one's risk for diabetes, heart disease, Bullying, eating disorders, sedentary, sedentariness, that's what we're going to say, and lifelong discomfort ends one's body, even early death. Yep. We because talked about that a little in the fat phobia episode and everyone was like, did you try losing weight, fatty? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's help. Like that helps. Right. Yeah. It's almost like we don't want to go to the doctor to get the help we need. Because we were treated like shit. So we die. It's almost like bullying makes your health worse. Oh. No. But all those kids on our in our comments say that like they're gonna it's gonna be helpful to call us fat and tell us that we need to get punched in the face. Did did someone say that? I thought that's what the person said. No? I don't know if they said punched in the face. Anyway, doesn't matter. Anyway, semantics. <laughs> Anyways. All right. It looks like, yeah, that's the same one. 66% has increased. And then one of my favorite ones that make you just want to cry is according to scientificamerican.com. Again, don't know if it's a reliable source. So you guys can let us know. I'm sure you will. In one survey, 24% of physicians admitted they were uncomfortable having friends in larger bodies, and 18% said they felt disgusted when treating a patient with a high BMI. I still hate that I know that the second time around. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Ridiculous. Why? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why Mm -hmm. get into a service-based profession? If you're not okay with serving everybody. Right. Why? Because they think that fat people are gross. This is it. I near you broke me. (laughs) Yeah. Last one as Haley recovers. It looks like an analysis of data on 22,476 Americans aged 30 to 64 published in 2020 found that being physically active was associated with a larger reduction in a person's 10-year heart disease risk than having a normal BMI. Both of these studies affirm the conclusion drawn in 2004 meta-analysis of 10 studies that when it comes to mortality risk, fitness matters more than fatness. Mm -hmm. So moving your body. 
shocked. Yeah. The thing that, like, the thing that gets me about this stuff is that this stuff hurts thin people, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the thin people who eat nothing but pizza and Cheetos and, like, don't ever see the sunlight. You know, like, but they get, they aren't, I don't know, I don't want to, like, shame them for that. Because, like, that's obviously their choice. But at the same time, because they're thin, they don't get the the talk about like nutrition and all of that stuff and any underlying conditions would just fly under the radar yes so they would they end up sick as well like it hurts everybody that that they're like oh your bmi is normal you're fine right bmi is stupid anyway but i mean yeah and racist i mean super racist that was a lot of I really liked, I don't know if it was a public health or the American Medical Association or scientificamerican.com. I can't remember which one. They had a really good, like, layout of, like, listen, like, even when fat people try to go work out, they're treated differently and they feel like they don't belong there because it's majority of thin-bodied people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're already shamed in the medical office. They're shamed in the gym. And they're like, it makes you want to be a recluse. It makes you want to stay inside, which increases your health risks because you aren't yeah. getting vitamin D. You're not getting, you're not socializing. You're not moving your body. So it's like, there are more factors than just you have a high BMI. You know what I mean? Right. Um, there was even one that said, it was really good. It was talking about how, that yes the like high people with a higher bmi are more likely to like have medical conditions but they're not Mm -hmm. it doesn't the research doesn't focus on the cause of those medical conditions and the cause isn't normally the weight it's the the isolation it's the treatment it's the anxiety it's the depression mm-hmm. and we've talked about that exponentially on here that yeah. you know you say it better than i do when it comes to that stuff like causality basically of like i'm sure why. that i do <laughs> you do because you're like no like health isn't this like you know what i mean like you're really good about yeah i think it's, you know? it's wild i'm not entirely sure which quote you're trying to pull from my archives but i do think it's wild that in any other like scientific study correlation does not equal causation but when it comes to weight they're like oh well this this is gospel right yeah it's like where where is the science mind where where is your thirst for the actual answer as to why this shit happens why is this such a cop-out right because it's it's lazy it's lazy and it has to do with bigger body people who they don't view as people like we've seen that in our comments like they don't view us as people as humans as like individuals we're just you know or don't eat a salad or oh how have you tried losing weight it's like oh my god like mm. thanks it's some of that stuff, like, it's so offensive, but it also is so pedantic that it doesn't even really upset me anymore. 
Mm-mm. Because it's like, have you tried a salad? Like, no, never. Right. What What is this salad that you speak of? Like, what, what are you talking about? Even if we were recording this right now, eating a salad, we would get comments. Yeah. Okay. Like, there is no winning when you're fat. We've already talked about this, no. guys. Like, there's no winning. There's no winning. And I feel like even as fans, there's also no winning. We talk about that all the time. Like, we talked about that in our last one, like, fat and femininity. Like, mm-hmm. you could be... You could have the best BMI ever and you would still be a loser in the eyes of society because you'd be held to such standards that are unreachable. Unreachable. Yeah. Unreachable. Yep. Yeah, they would um, they would talk about like if their boobs sagged or if they got a tiny bit too thin, it would switch over to eat a cheeseburger mm-hmm. type yeah. of mentality. Yeah. You know? I've I've had a lot of thin body friends that have shared their stories with me about bullying about like Mm -hmm. it was their teeth or their laugh or they were too tall too skinny too emotional and it's like gosh like just say you hate like fems like just say Mm -hmm. it with your i like when people have their hate where they're this is something that my mom and i talk about sorry this is tangent everybody i like it when people wear their hate on their chest because it lets me know to don't fuck with that person like Mm -hmm. i don't like it you know what I mean? Like, I don't like it when they, like, hide. So then, like, yeah. you meet them and you think they're cool. And you're like, oh, this person's cool. And then they're like, just kidding. I'm yeah. an asshole. And it's like, oh, Same. man. I would rather know that someone is an evil bitch, like, right from the get-go. Yes. Than that fake, nice, passive-aggressive shit. Yes. Like, all that tells me, if you're if you're passive-aggressive like that, you're just kind of, I mean, fuck it. You know, this is not the right word for it, but you're just kind of a pussy. I was going to say coward. You're a coward. Yeah, coward works too. Yeah. That's just, I guess I just got pussy on the brain, folks. Pussy on the brain. Hey, we got pussy <laughs> on the brain. My lower virtue, they were eating ball sacks. We love a bisexual queen. <laughs> we love a bisexual yeah my lord but no it's so cowardly and i that's like damn i had a follow-up to that oh about like people that hide their hate behind their faith yeah i hate that shit too that grinds my gears buddy grinds my gears oh yeah and i hate it when it's like it's like a cop-out too it's like hate the sand love the center like no don't fucking you can't split hairs over this no 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 like i I know you hate gay people just fucking say it just say it just like say that two dudes going at it romp style makes you uneasy say it with your chest like you know what i mean like say it don't be like it's in the bible like no dude no dude like you've thought about it say it yeah, and then, <laughs> and then if you point out that that actually wasn't even in the Bible, it's well, I don't know about that. Oh my god, we I can't even go down this rabbit hole to be honest, because like we should have a whole episode about religious rage. To be honest, like I, the stories, the the stories. My goodness, yeah. Oh, same. You know. Oh, you know. You know. I know. You got the gun. You. Mm, 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 yum, yum, yum. Haley's got the guns. 
I do. On but multiple then once levels. we press record, I will fucking forget everything. <laughs> Haley used to do outlines. Not anymore. But they used to do. <laughs> nope. Speaking of stories, do you want to share some of the stories that you got before we get into it? No. All right. Well, goodbye, guys. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> right over. No, on the... I'll share some. But on the outline note... I stopped doing them so intently because I found that I relied on them too heavily and Aww. I would just sit there and read Yeah, and like, I just feel more at ease whenever I'm just bullshitting, I guess. Yeah. But so on my Instagram, I asked if anyone else had ever gotten the shaft from healthcare professionals and just asked to share their story. And I got three different ones. I think. Yeah. Three. So one says, my spine got worse after weight loss. Neurosurgeon insisted I reach a normal BMI. I am at a normal BNI, BMI, but am not better. I may be worse. I'm sure that was hard to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that, like, that was kind of your mom's experience as well with her back. It was, Yeah. Like, I definitely feel for this person because it's like, in some ways I am better, but other things are worse. And the rapid weight loss, like, it's hard not having as much padding on that part of my back as I used to. Because, like, laying down on, like, a yoga mat or one of those, like, gynecologist tables, I feel it so much more. Oh, God. And it's, like, it's not the worst pain ever, but... It like stirs it up for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And I know by comparison that my back is kind of like, I don't, I don't know. I'm about to like gaslight myself because I was about to be like, it's mild, but it's really not. Right. Like it's, but, if it's, if it's not, it's not, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's, I think it's easier to just gaslight myself about it than it is to be like, yes, I'm in pain every day. Right. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> I mean, I think it's different to have like a neutral and or more positive mindset about things, but things, they are what they are. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say like, I'm in pain every day, but I don't let that define my day. Yeah. Instead of being like, I'm, in, I'm actually not in pain every day. Everything's fine. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference. True. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I definitely think that aligns more with how I approach it now. But that's mm -hmm. also because it's under control enough now that it doesn't require that I define my day by it. Right, exactly. But there was, let's see, this one's like in three different little question cards. So my entire 20s pumped me with steroids while saying steroids long-term will hurt you. And they were right. Three-year, these are acronyms that I'm not entirely sure about, but it said a three-year whole body detox over fucking eczema. So I'm assuming that it's like they had to, when they went off of steroids, they're like I've seen on TikTok, their skin reacted, like went way over overboard and flared okay. up and they had to like heal from that. Yeah. Because of eczema and having so many steroids in their body. Oh, that sounds terrible. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so sorry. Both of these stories sound just awful. Right? And the sad thing about that one, that's not even the first time I've heard that happen. 
over steroids and eczema. I've seen multiple people talk about it on TikTok yeah. and like document the process of like going off of steroids and how their skin, like it seems like they're just, their skin just like fucks itself up. Right. In response. And that's so sad. Yeah. I had a coworker. She was, honestly, she's amazing. She's an amazing person. She, she had eczema really bad, like debilitatingly bad. And she had to, do almost a detox like she had to watch what she ate and she had to use that like dr bronner's mm, yeah dr like myers the, i don't know yeah very like specific big, soap yeah yeah i've seen very, that, that soap yeah. can really help yeah that's what and she would use like the hand sanitizer like she would use nothing on her skin but that shit and that really helped her but wow. her whole life was like being very she had to monitor because she like she was able to do it herself like she took control over it and was wow. able to like it, like i you i didn't even know she had eczema like there was no signs of it at, at all when i met her huh. but she had spent years cultivating that and trying to heal her skin from the inside out so it sounds like it was like triggered by external things and she had to go through and figure out what it was and remove all of that it was yeah so scary yeah what a process too yeah fuck i can't imagine this last one is it's less sad it's the most ridiculous one though my pcp said my anxiety would go away if i lost weight lost 140 pounds still anxious as fuck oh right I'm having to like recenter my rage. <laughs> like it's not funny, but you have. I feel like at this point I have to laugh because it's like that is the stupidest thing I think I've ever heard in my life. It really is. Like I get, like I understand, like people in larger bodies do have a higher rate of anxiety, but mm-hmm. it's like talk to your patient, and that's kind of where my rage comes in is how they don't talk to their patients, mm-hmm. like talk to your patient ask them like is it your larger body and how people are treating you that's triggering this anxiety triggering this anxiety or is that you're anxious to get in the car yeah you're anxious at work you know what i mean like there are two different there are not two there are wait there are different types of anxiety you know what i mean like help even if i feel like even if it is directly connected to weight loss or like this directly connected to your weight like that's because of every time we set foot outside we're fucking perceived yeah and like especially once you get past a certain size you're like will this chair support me will i have a place to sit can i do this or that like will i get thrown off of this roller coaster that i really want to ride it's like being a fat person is honestly like living the truman show yeah except you know that you're being watched how does like how would that not make you anxious right i don't see i feel like weight loss wouldn't even help with that because at that point it would be so ingrained in you that it's like ptsd almost i thought i can speak on this as somebody you can diagnose cptsd you guarantee it yep. no i i can't i can't believe that i this one i'm sorry you went through that that is absolutely bullshit like anxiety Mm -hmm. needs to be treated 
not with weight loss. Like, I can't even believe that's like a thing. Like, yeah, that's a therapy thing. That's a, possibly a medication thing. That's a yeah. mental health matter. Not exercise could even potentially help it, but like, not for the weight loss purpose, like for the brain chemical right. purpose. Like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> idiots. Idiots. I mean, I get it, man. I went to my PCP and they were like, have you tried intermittent fasting? And I was like, Lately? Yes. Ah! <laughs> Rage! Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I... Anyways. I have one, too, actually. Okay. From the self-care witch. They said, love you. <laughs> I once had a medical student fat shame me seconds after I mentioned I lost weight. Like, we're so tired. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's, that's a lot of this. Like, we're fucking tired. And it's, I don't know. I am obviously deeply upset about all this stuff, but it's like, God, my rage has already consumed me so much that if I can't laugh, like, I don't know what the fuck I'll do. Right. I mean... How do you look at someone and you're like, yeah, I've lost weight. And they're like, yeah, well, let me let me add some shame onto that for you. Even though right? this is exactly what we want you to freaking do. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, you I, lost weight? It's not good enough, Daddy. Like, what the fuck? I can't. I can't. I can't. I literally can't. And, like, you have, you Hashimoto's, have you tried intermittent fasting? Mm -hmm. Like, Fuckers, this is kind of what fucked me up in the first place. Right. Yeah. That's why I was raging whenever I was like, recently? Oh, well, they're, even with my Hashimoto's, they're still like, so, like, are you gonna, you know, get on Ozempic? You gonna take that Monjero again? You gonna do this new one? Which, like, I probably will do the new one because, like, yeah. But it's like, my thyroid's fucked. <laughs> it's fucked, dude. Yeah. I would not be surprised if I have to get it removed, to be honest. I mean, yeah. not. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do about that, but I, know. I feel like for how important a thyroid is, that is a delicate little organ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like in everybody. Yeah. Like you, you're stressy a little too long and it's like, well, I'm done. I'm closing right. up shop. Right. But even... Even taking, like, the medical weight loss shots, like, even taking them because I'm pre-diabetic, there's still shame surrounding that, even in the medical field and online. Like, and, like... I don't get it. Like, And it's a whole thing of, like, you may have to take those for the rest of your life in order to not gain weight. And, like, that's going to destroy your thyroid. It's going to destroy mm -hmm. it. Like, there's no... It's a win situation, I feel like. Like, win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's... That is kind of why, like, I personally wouldn't take them just, like, because if you have to stay on it for the rest of your life, it's not, it's not the solution that people need, you know, especially not if it comes at the cost of your thyroid. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's just my opinion about my own body. Like, people, you guys can do whatever you want with your own. Yeah. No, I have my shot in the fridge and I haven't taken it. And, like, when I went recently... And she was like, oh, are you not taking it? And I was like, no, I don't think I'm going to take it anymore. And she was like, 
Why not? And I was like, because when I got off Monjero, I gained all the way back, plus in like mm-hmm. a four-month span. Yeah. And I was doing exactly the same thing. Like, exactly yeah. the same thing. Like, it's my PCOS. Like, it's, I have to manage my insulin resistance. And I'm I'm going to have to do that my whole life. You know what I mean? Like, I have to find a different solution. Um, I think stuff like that just makes it so clear how how little that we know and how little we can do about like long-term weight loss and weight loss management without surgical intervention. Yeah. Because that, that type of story, like you go off to medication that happened to me with phenamine. That's like, I mean, granted that's like fucking speed, but still you, I don't know. It's, it just feels like there's so much in the brain that people like we don't know about as far as weight loss goes and how other people conveniently forget because it's like if it was if losing weight was so easy there wouldn't be like a billion plus dollar industry dedicated to diet products Mm -hmm. and people wouldn't yo-yo diet all the time you'd lose the weight and you'd be done if it was that easy yeah oh it just gets me Mm, preach baby burns my biscuit preaching today oh praise me Haley! praise me <laughs> thank you thank you very much oh i'm into <laughs> it all right since we're raging talk about your back what happened all right i was honestly i was gonna be a smart ass and then my brain just kind of like shut off there for a second okay anyway so, yeah, I honestly, I feel like I might have mentioned this on a previous episode, but I'll go into it again. Mm-hmm. So we all know the reason why I got weight loss in the first place is because my back decided that it was going to head out, got the weight loss surgery, had an MRI done like two weeks before weight loss surgery, went in the day before my weight loss surgery to hear the results. They told me that I had a bulging disc, but given that my surgery was like literally the next day, that they thought it would resolve itself with weight loss. And that if I was still in a lot of pain afterwards, like after I was medically cleared to give them a call back and they would, you know, treat me. And I was like, okay, like that checked out. I can, that's reasonable. So obviously I went through with the weight loss surgery, recovered. And for like, I'd say like the first six months or so, my back was great. Like I wasn't really in pain at all, which was sick. But then it started creeping back up more. And I had tried to just like manage it myself with activity and like what I could use for pain relief. And I eventually just got to the point where I was like kind of annoyed with it, kind of done with it. And was like, I never tried their treatment options. Like, I don't know what exactly they plan to do, but maybe it would help. So I called the pain clinic back and they got me back in um, almost a month ago. Yeah, well, three weeks ago. Went over my old MRI from May 2022. So I found out three weeks ago that I had a herniated disc in my back. When they did that MRI in May mm-hmm. 2022. Mm-hmm. Did not tell me. 
and it was right below the bulging disc that they told me about. So it's not like, it's not like they didn't know. Right. They just didn't tell me. And when I tell you that I was like, I was fucking dumbfounded because it's when you have health anxiety, at least for me, there's certain shit that just absolutely sends me. And a herniated disc is one of them. I don't know what it is that's so scary about it other than the obvious, but I would not have forgotten that I had a herniated disc. Right. So, like, to not even tell your patient that when you know that they're, like, they might not come back for treatment if it, like, if the pain resolves itself. How negligent. Like, that is, that feels like illegal to me. A thousand percent. And then once I found that out, it was like, well, no wonder my pain's not going away. Right. No, like, of course it's not. And the physician's assistant that was going over all of this with me at the time of this most recent appointment was confused why they didn't tell me and was like, yes, weight loss surgery can help with bulging discs because of like potentially taking the pressure off of it. But weight loss surgery isn't going to unherniate a disc. Right. And I was like, yeah, right. Duh. <laughs> like, of course, it makes total sense to me. But it is just, it is exhausting having to do like, it's exhausting having to do the work for your doctors. Yes. And I feel like a lot of people, especially people who are fat or people who are chronically ill, I feel like we have to spend so much time like guiding doctors to the answer that we already know. And we, I know that internal medicine stuff like can be really fucking complicated but it just feels like a lot of people like a lot of doctors if the answer isn't easy they don't want to find it right like they're not like house Mm -mm. i also that's frustrating as fuck it is and another thing that Recently, I had I had an allergist appointment last week because I have had this constant runny nose for like years at this point. Right. And they ruled out everything else, sent me to the allergist, and I told him about my symptoms. And this dude was really nice, and he seemed like he genuinely wanted to help. But I got like the allergy test done on my back, like the little prick test not allergic to anything the only thing i reacted to was the histamine like the control that they scratched me with so they were like well what we can do now is we can switch your antihistamine to something that's prescription and like we can try that there's another nose spray we can try if you want or we can just start with a pill but what i think this is is Like, just because your allergy test is negative doesn't mean that there's not something that's irritating your sinuses. But I also think this could be reflux, given that it got worse after your surgery. And I was like, damn it. Like, I obviously, 
had read that online, right. but not really what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Like so far, it's gotten better. Like I had some. I've been sipping on some lemonade, so that's like my nose is running more right now. I think, but it's it's also frustrating to go to the doctor and have them just like not know like what I would give to go to a doctor and just be like, oh, this is what it is. You take right. this, you'll be fine. Right. God, yeah. I think that's what we all want. Yeah. Instead of this like wild goose chase. Right. And it not being lose weight. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Seriously. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Do you take any acid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on oh, protonics. Okay. I have been since I had surgery. Oh, so they added damn. Pepsid at night. And it does help some. I think mm-hmm. I might have forgotten to take it last night. So that's like, that's another thing is just if I have to take it in the evening, I forget half the time. Yeah. So I have a handful of vitamins that I take in the morning and a handful I take at night. And I'm like yeah. trying to like stick to the routine. Mm-hmm. I need to start so doing annoying. that. God, I hate vitamins. I literally cannot stand them. Morning stuff, like morning pills, I have no problem taking. Like, I have my, I have my little pill organizer, and I Same. walk out the bedroom right to the counter and take my pills. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. I think I'm more afraid of, like, getting the brain zaps or something if I skip, like, one of my medicines, like a brain mm-hmm. medicine. Even though I've heard they're rare, I don't want to try it. So, right. I'm like gotta take my pills yeah no i it's just like the smell of them i think that gets me like it's too it's an ick mm-hmm. it's an ick yeah some some vitamins and supplements are just stinky they're stinky i can't because that's mm-hmm. like when i posted that thing about water on my instagram people gave me really good tips one of them might be yours i get up now and i drink 32 ounces of water like immediately with my pills like immediately i mean i immediately chug it wasn't my (laughs) oh so someone was like cameron diaz drinks all the water she needs like first thing when she wakes up and i was like you know what that's a great idea so the first day i did 64 and it was too much i felt sick so now i do and like this obviously isn't health advice nobody take fucking health advice from us we're just we're podcasters that would be ridiculous anyways so i like get up I drink like I, I just think that would be so I had to put the disclaimer on there like if you oh, listen yeah. to our medical advice you're stupid that we're not giving because we're not giving medical advice so I like get up I chug my 32 ounces of water with my freaking fiber in it and all my freaking powders I have a gazillion powders and then I take those disgusting vitamins and then I fill mm-hmm. it back up and then like I drink that and that has to, I have to be done with the other 32 ounces by like three o'clock and I'm like, so you geez. drink 64 ounces of water and then you don't drink anything else after three? No, I do. I drink like the sparkling water. Okay. The ahas. Because my I, I'm telling my brain it's soda. Okay. I mean, hey, these, it counts. These are the best ones that I have found is the mm-hmm. ahas. They're so good. The other ones that I've drank are trash. Yeah. I've tried yeah. Spindrift, and I think that was okay. LaCroix is just, it's meh. But I'm so used to constantly sipping now that mm-hmm. it just is. This thing goes with me everywhere I go. Is that the light-up one that you were talking about? Yeah. I carry, this is my this is my emotional support water bottle. 
I keep that thing on me because I have to like I can't chug more than like eight ounces or ten ounces at a time. Right. But do you fill it up once or twice? I fill it up two or three times. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm drinking like 90 ounces of water and stuff a day. Oh my god, should I be drinking more than 64? Yeah, you should. And you also, drinking 64 ounces in the morning is not good either. 32 is even like, I mean, if that helps you, if you feel better, that's good. But there is such a thing as like flushing your system by drinking so much at one time. Because you'll just pee out the excess. I mean, I pee constantly now. But I even put like electrolytes in it. Like you guys said, everybody was like, put electrolytes in it. It's like, I did. That does really help. I've been trying those uh, buoy. Can you guys not fight? <laughs> I've been trying those buoy drops for the last week or so, and I really like them. Are they good? Send those to me. Mm-hmm. I will. Okay. They have a, a chronically ill discount, too. Like, if you're chronically ill, you get a lifetime 35% discount. Oh. And I was like, slay. <laughs> slay. Pop that over to me. Yeah. I will. Okay. Booey, sponsor us. Yeah, Booey, sponsor us. We're both chronically ill. Like, hello. Mm-hmm. Chronically yeah. ill, dehydrated, wheelchairs. <laughs> like, we're, we're your core audience here. We are. All right. So, Haley raged my turn. I'll make it quick, guys, because we're coming up on the time. Basically, your girl, as we know, went to the hospital with diverticulitis. So I got little pockets in my intestines. And because I'm fat. When I went to the hospital, they were like, oh, yeah, you got diverticulitis. And that's it. They didn't tell me anything else. And then after they gave me pain pills and antibiotics, I was still in a lot of pain. And I was like, that's so weird. Why am I still hurting? And it's in the middle of my stomach now. And then I realized that my belly button was looking a little funny, looking a little different than it usually does. So I told my husband, I was like, I think I have a hernia. And he was like, weird. Um, you don't say you don't say so I booked an appointment with the GI doctor I already had to do it because they wanted to do a colonoscopy so Haley was like go the GI go the GI go the GI excuse me so I went to the GI and he was a nightmare he basically was like all right yeah you need a colonoscopy your BMI is super fucking high so we're gonna have to do it at the hospital um yeah you got a fatty liver and your BMI is really high. So we got to do it at the hospital. Um, and here you go. He gave me all these instructions. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, so I'm in a lot of pain. I think I have a hernia. And he was like, well, your colonoscopy is scheduled this day. And I was like, all right, I'm in a lot of pain. I think I have a hernia. And he was like, well, your PCP has to, primary care physician, has to book the appointment for the surgeon for the hernia. And I was like, okay, but like, can you confirm I do in fact have a hernia? So that's when he reluctantly put me on the table and barely touched me. It was like, yeah, you have a hernia. It's fatty tissue, not intestines. Oh, so he was one of the 18%, that fucker. Fucker. And he was like, but your PCP has to schedule the surgery. I can't do it. I'm like, okay. So I leave oh, crying. Because I'm super upset. This was super traumatizing because of just how he treated me. 
Oh, he, oh, I forgot the best part. He even said, hey, if you take some fiber, you'll lose weight. I am going to have a stroke. <laughs> so, so I walk over to the next building because they're right side by side to my PCP. I'm crying. I'm in the lobby trying to be chill. I'm being chill. I'm a, I'm a millennial, you guys. I'm not, I'm not inconveniencing anyone. I'm not making a scene. I even was like, she was like, hey, sign in. She's very rude to me. I was like, you got it. She was like, well, who's your appointment with? And I was like, hey, I'm a walk-in. Can I please? I'm just really upset. May I please speak with my PCP? And she goes, she can't see you today. I'm like, okay, have a great day. So she scheduled me an appointment for the next, the very next day. And I saw my PCP, who then the first thing after I told her I walked over there the day before was like, they didn't even send me a message. I could have seen you. I'm like, okay, just add that brick to my rage fucking wall. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so I'm at my PCP and she's like, why are you here? And I'm like, oh, I have a hernia. And she was like, okay, GI has to do surgery on that. And I was like, not what I heard. So she is pissed, yep. basically, because she's a, she's a femme. So she's actually listening to me somewhat. And she schedules immediately. She sends a message down to general surgery and schedules me an appointment the very next day. So I went to the doctor three days in a row driving over an hour to get there all three days send them my gas bill and the pcp comes in and goes i don't know why you're here he was like i see you have a colonoscopy Schedule. oh my god <laughs> and th at this point brian's in the room with me because i was oh like god. i i clearly need a man of standard size to be in this room with me so Brian's in the room with me and I'm like, hey, I have a hernia. I everyone, I don't know what I need to say to like let you guys know I can't bend over and pick shit up. Uh -huh. I have a hernia. I'm in pain. What language do I need to use? And he so he like gets me on the table and touches it and he's like, Yeah, you have a hernia. We can do the schedule after your colonoscopy. Because in case they have to take intestine, in case they have to take some of your freaking colon out or whatever, um, during your colonoscopy after they find anything. He was like, because if they have to take some out, we'll just do the hernia surgery then, babe. And that was for your diverticulitis, right? Yeah. So really quick, one of my coworkers who's a one of the most the healthiest people i've ever met in my entire life okay runs a mile every day super standard size athlete this is an athlete this man went to the hospital in no pain he was just he went over he went to like his doctor in no pain ended up mm -hmm. being like tracked immediately to the hospital because his diverticulitis one of his pockets had ruptured and he was leaking food in his intestines he almost died he was in the hospital for months had oh stoma and everything for three months. So, of course, he's telling me this story after I scheduled my colonoscopy and everything. So now I am terrified because he fell fine and I feel like shit. And they treated him that way. So, yeah, basically the colonoscopy is to see if I have any pockets that are ruptured or mm -hmm. anything like that. Because if I do, they're going to take some of my fucking colon. Which means for three months I have to have a freaking bag. 
But yeah. like, it's so chill. Everyone's acting like it's so chill. They're all acting like it's so fine. It's not a big deal. The hernia surgery is not a big deal. And I'm just sitting here freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all things like it's not like surgery is great or ever easy. Much better to have it all done in one fell swoop, though. Right. I'm yeah. glad that they were like, hey, maybe we should check this out instead of being like, well, everything's probably fine. Yeah, that one, that one's fine. The colonoscopy, yeah. I'm fine with. I mean, obviously, if I have to have the bag work, things are going to be a lot different than they are now because I'll be super depressy and have to and like. it'll be temporary. That's a life-changing thing. Yeah. Um, even though it's separate. And then, so they have to do the colonoscopy. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I know it's going to be fine. And then after that, in January, I have hernia surgery. So yay for surgeries and butt exploration. I want to throw my fat pussy on top of all these doctors and tell them they can suck it. Because I'm so mad. I don't know. What gets... The the thing that really, like, about you, your current medical issues that really just burnt my biscuits to a fucking crisp is when... Like, you found out from one of these doctors, like, about the diet for diverticulitis and all the stuff that you needed to do when the doctor that diagnosed you years ago didn't say anything. Oh, well, even this doctor, this GI that I saw recently, he said that there's no scientific evidence that diet plays any role in diverticulitis. That's my. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Are you like, kidding it's me? Probably not universal, but teeny tiny foods that get caught in the pockets. Yeah, that's going to fucking flare you up. Apparently not. Tell that when to there's my mom no mo- who doesn't eat seeds on anything now. Right, I can't. It. Yeah, I'm not doing that shit. One of my coworker who had the surgery, his doctor told him there's three things he can never eat again. He should never eat again: corn, peanuts, and alcohol. Damn. I didn't, I always wondered about the alcohol one. Cause like, I didn't hear that when my mom got diagnosed, but she doesn't drink. So yeah. Well, he specifically said peanut butter, actually, that peanut butter has a bacteria in it that never goes away. So it causes insane disruption in your stomach. No shit. That's crazy. I mean, I, I don't know if it's true. This isn't medical advice. This is just what he told me. I mean, yeah, none of this is medical advice. We're like, we're barely even adults here. So, yeah, like barely adulting. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, we guess we're not going to eat here in the in the plus size section. We're not going to eat peanuts and seeds. I'm not. I'm not going to eat peanut butter. I'm going to allow Haley to enjoy the peanut butter. <laughs> huh? And I'm definitely not going to drink any more alcohol after this last sip of wine. Hmm. It's Moscato. It doesn't even count. Okay. All right, Haley. Bro, it's alcohol, but I'm not sold on that one personally. I don't know. What I heard I think... was like the nuts and seeds. Yeah. Raw vegetables. Anything yeah. with seeds in it, but raw vegetables especially. Just anything that anything that when you chew it up, like it's like tiny little granules that can get yeah. stuck in in the pockets in your intestine. That's what, Which makes that's total what one sense. said. That makes so much sense. The other one said that's not scientifically true so you know what Can't i'm trust tired these men. 
I've raged enough. I want to scream. I'm over it. We're done. Where can they find us? Right here. Because we're doing another hour, folks. <laughs> no. You're like, excuse? Oh, wait. I did want to say thank you to those that wrote in, to Haley and to the plus size section. We really appreciate you guys writing in. Thank you yes. so much. It's so nice to read your stories and like hear them and talk about them. I really appreciate that. Yes, for sure. I love that. I'm definitely going to start posting it on my personal or like my individual Instagram more. Because yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Pop off. Three Pop submissions? Off. Three, yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, I get tons of submission on my personal one for, like, mm -hmm. my other stuff. So maybe I should, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. We've just got to think. Uh, we've got to start thinking ahead. Yeah, we do. I know. Okay. But we're just, we're just two neurodivergent beans. And if you want to be another bean in the pod, <laughs> you can find us. On Instagram, Facebook, and threads at Plus Size Section. On TikTok at The Plus Size Section. If you want to tell us how the medical system has failed you, you can send your personal stories to section at gmail.com. Give us a little rating or a review on the pod anywhere you listen to it, because that would be awesome. Sam is saying a five-star review. I don't want to pressure you, but yeah, you should give us a five-star review or else. And also share this podcast with your friends if you're feeling froggy. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> bye.